Well, it is International Women's Day, but I'm not wishing you a happy International Women's Day because I do believe that we are all very much collaborative in this universe. However, I would like to put the spotlight on Latifa bin Heather, who is the founder of Baituki. Now, Baituki is a wonderful platform that gives women all the information they need to start investing early, helps them make the right decisions, be well informed, and get the right kind of guidance to take what they would love to invest in from scratch. to stage and it's been an amazing conversation with Latifa just because she's so confident that her confidence is so infectious that it keeps you inspired and hooked throughout the way there were so many questions that i had and this young girl had so many wonderful answers to it that i want you to check out on this episode and until the next one until the next connect stay tuned because this is karishma connect So thank you so much Latifa firstly for joining me on Karishma Connect it's a pleasure to have you and I'm so so excited to getting to know more about your journey I've heard a lot from a common source and I'm really looking to unravel it all on this podcast Thank you for having me I look forward to having this conversation with you Most welcome Now the first thing that I do on my podcast is I tell people I say tell me about your vibe tell me about your journey tell me about how you started what's so special about where you are today and what makes it worth celebrating so i started my journey my entrepreneurship journey when i was still a sophomore in university okay. and um, it's been honestly very exciting and a very steep learning curve ever since and literally every day has been just wonderful and full of learning mm. and if i were to to say one word about my vibe <laughs> honestly it would be very very difficult um i would i should have asked someone around like someone that i work with to like, to answer this for me but um i would say energetic on the go yeah, yeah. maybe maybe that would be a word my passion is to help people have better lives so mm-hmm. i'm a social entrepreneur any project that i start has to have a positive impact on my community on society so if it really doesn't have that factor it doesn't get me up in the morning i would say so my passion is helping people have better lives overall and that's a beautiful passion to have <laughs> <laughs> And tell me, if you were to explain what you do to a five-year-old, how would you say it? Hmm. How would I say it? How would you break? I it? help people solve problems that they might know that they have, or sometimes don't know that they have. I really try to simplify this as much as possible. But if I were to explain it to a five-year-old, I would say. my work is helping people have better lives <laughs> and if they asked you how would you define a problem how what would you say is a problem at the end of the day something that is a problem hmm. to put it simply it's anything that is in the way of you reaching your full potential but but indeed okay where does baituki come in the picture of solving those problems how did you start it how did you envision it what was your need factor when you came up with this idea mm-hmm. 
So I started in the last year of university and I was actually part of a, an entrepreneurship program completely different from, you know, Beituki and what it is. And I attended one of those workshops that explained this new sort of opportunity. Oh, you can own property with your budget, just like a fraction of it instead of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I got excited because I remember the advice that I grew up with, that I should be smart with my money. I should invest in gold. And then when I have enough money in the future, get into real estate. Mm -hmm. And I kept thinking, okay, that's a very long-term goal. But then when I heard about this, I thought, wait a second, I actually have enough savings to own a fraction of a property. Mm -hmm. So I started speaking to the ones around me as well about it. Because, you know, usually when you hear about something, you get excited and you tell your your loved ones, the people you care about. So you want them, to, you want the best for them as well. And I kept hearing all about the fears and they would love to but can't because of xyz and mm. those xyz were extremely common it was actually shockingly common for me because i spoke to hundreds of women before even giving Beituki its name mm. to understand why haven't you started because mm. every single conversation i was having told me that they were extremely interested they're very intrigued and they would love to but they're scared Mm. And they had hesitations. And those common hesitations were, first of all, I don't have enough money, which is very valid because, you know, the real investing in real estate is not exactly the most affordable option out there. True. And second of all, um, if I don't have enough experience or knowledge, I'm going to completely avoid this because I'm scared. I don't know if I'm going to get scammed. Am I making the wrong decision? Mm. And another thing was also... Uh, lack of female representation in the market so yes. what I kept hearing was you know when I hear the word investment or real estate I imagine a guy in a suit and it's very difficult for me or it's extremely intimidating for me to approach that yes. and lastly it is if somebody does have the funds and they do understand the market they don't want or they cannot really allocate the time that comes with it so doing your research, running the numbers, seeing if, you know, if it's a financially viable investment. So these were the most common reasons. And today I can say that I spoke to over 2000 women since wow. starting Beituki. And I hear the same reasons time and time again. So these are the pains that Beituki addresses. So what we do is we, we vet and we source the properties, as in we check everything, we run the numbers, we prepare the reports to show our clients. So if they like the investment, they hit on invest, they type in their budget. So this solves also the lack of um, sufficient funds, I would say. So you can start with 5,000, you can put in 20,000, some people want to put in 100,000. Either way, it's all up to you. Right. So they can start with whatever amount that they have to own a fraction of the property. Once it's fully funded, we manage all the work from A to Z, from purchase process to working with the maintenance company, with the property managers, with whatever it is that comes with the property. And then we facilitate the sale. So then that also addresses the um, lack of time that the people have when it comes to, you know, investing in real estate specifically. Yeah. And then the last thing is. The lack of female representation. Um, mm. Coincidentally, mm. the Beituki team is all female. It was wow. not on purpose, I promise. It really <laughs> just happened to be so. And all the team members uh, connect uh, with or or they, we have this shared purpose of wanting more women to invest in real estate, benefit from the returns, have, you know, a proper investments portfolio that has properties in it, even if they don't have enough funds. So... Yeah. 
Um, it really just happened to be so. And, and during our events as well, our people come, um, they network, they connect with like-minded people and get to meet the team. So they have this, I want to say we are slowly breaking the sort of barrier or this image that, oh, if it's real estate, if it's finance, if it's investments, it has to be a guy. Yeah. But really doesn't because there are so many women out there who are amazing and doing a wonderful job but very little I would say yeah or they let's say they're not very well known perhaps yeah uh, <clears throat> so our goal is to increase the number of female investors um, to benefit from those um, investments and honestly unfortunately there's a huge gap between the number of female investors and male investors and that is not just here it's a, it's a global thing yeah so our, our goal as Beituki is to increase the number of female investors, at least starting with this region and then hopefully going global. Inshallah. Mm -hmm. On that note, I have a question about, have you noticed any sort of difference when, with, not from a gender-specific perspective, but just gen generally, have you noticed any difference mm -hmm. between the way women invest and the way men invest is there something 100 percent, 100 percent. women are are much more risk averse and uh from my understanding and my research it, it's in our nature and what the first thing we say is it's okay to accept that we're different what i always preach is that women or men are different we're not the same we don't need to compete we complement each other exactly so we need we need women in the industry who also understand how women um how women think what kind of needs they have so when i approach women to talk about these kind of things i would say that the conversation is a little bit different and and it's simply because of the way that we think hmm. so women are generally more risk averse we need to usually address concerns that the, the they usually have like what are the returns going to be like which is very generous or how can I be sure that you know um you're not going to run away with my money or you know can you share with us your trade license or how does this work and and sometimes it needs to be a lot more detailed than when we have a conversation with a with a male about it mm -hmm. uh, given that they're most are very comfortable with the conversation they probably had it a lot of times over and over with some friends or other companies they're usually more experienced so they would just come with direct questions like where is this investment how does this work was our i okay great thank you mm -hmm. versus when we speak to the women the conversations are much longer and there's also an educational factor in them and how would you define prosperity what would you say is the best way to kind of prioritize it prosperity is abundance it is the opposite of scarcity. And mm. the best way to prioritize it is by revising what you've been doing so far mm. and then putting an action plan starting today to achieve it. That's lovely. That's a lovely note. And what are the three three areas that you think when you're looking for financial growth, especially in the re region, what are the three mantras that you think one should keep in mind? The first thing or the first step is to learn mm -hmm. just keep in mind that we as humans constantly need to learn about what's going around around us and it's, it's it's a never ending thing right learning so the first step is to learn about it become more financially literate unfortunately that is a very huge problem and 
it could be because you know we didn't learn about it in schools or in university even it could be because the conversation was not held in our households it could be because even when we go off to work with our friends or colleagues again it's not spoken about so become more financially literate and understand how money works mm-hmm. then make an action plan to achieve your financial goals such as comparing your liabilities or your debts to your current assets so a lot of people um, don't even start with this exercise and I believe that this is a very important one and you need to take steps towards decreasing those liabilities or the debts and increasing your assets preferably income generating ones and then as you gain experience your risk appetite will most likely increase Um, so then you'll start looking for different opportunities or different things to invest in and that really just you know you become more confident over time you have a more diversified investment portfolio and then finally I would say you have to teach the ones around you those skills that you gained, especially your children, so that you can break the cycle of bad financial habits and help them build good ones very early on. Yeah, yeah. And you started all of this when you were straight out of college, right? How did you navigate that journey? How did you navigate that journey at such a young age? And also, how did it feel? And this comes from a very personal place because I have often been the youngest in the room and I do know what what are the challenges and opportunities that come with being that way. How did you navigate those? What were the kind of, uh, you know, challenges that you faced? And yeah. So I would have to say that I actually started before even graduating. So I was about 19 or 20 wow. when I was in those rooms. And I didn't have a lot of experience. Usually I'm, I was a very good listener at those. And then when the time came, let's say, to pitch your idea on stage or something, I would have practiced a lot by then. So um, at the very beginning, I was very much quiet and then learning mode, which sometimes I still do because I love to listen and understand what's going on around me. But then as time passed, I realized that I have gained experience I do have something to say I'm learning and then slowly you know sometimes I would go somewhere I would be a speaker on stage or I would do something and I would get these kind of looks like how old is this girl and then when I start speaking I can see the face expressions changing yes and I believe it's really just how you carry yourself how you represent yourself so there will always be people who are I would say ageists that believe that you need to be a certain age to be able to do something and that you need to like if you want to start your own company you have to have worked for like 20 years and then really understood the market and then start something but for me personally I believe that I I I decided to, to, to start from college and then fresh out of college continue on that path and not go for this route because I had a vision and I had goals and I really did not want them to be boxed because, you know, you train your brain. It's a muscle that you train. So if I go down a path and learn something a certain way, it would be very hard to undo versus starting something with like this open field and there is no box and you can really see things in a different way. And I thought that was a strength. So I learned from here and I learned from there. I had the right support and I was able to navigate. And I have to say that if it weren't for my support circle, if it weren't for my mentor, if it weren't for my friends, for my family, I would not have been able to overcome these challenges because they are overwhelming. It's not, you know, rainbows and butterflies and unicorns. You have good and you have the bad days. 
And then when you don't have experience and certain a certain thing, and it's like you're just starting and it's very new, yes. it can be intimidating. Yes. But I do have to say that with time, I did gain the experience and I did build my confidence. And now I look at it as, you know, if I was able to overcome all these, what's one more thing? And it's really exciting to start something new now. It used to be scary, even though I I was scared and I was like, I'm still going to do this. I want to do this. And now it's, you know what? I'm not really scared. It's more of you can see them as like good nerves. That yeah. would make you want to do your research and really understand better things before or plan better before you start. But I was able to navigate because of my support circle, because I was I want to say that. Even though I was scared, I still did it. Yeah, I didn't let that fear stop me. And as much as it, it was intimidating, sometimes being the youngest in the room. I did not let that stop me from sharing my thoughts or opinions. And then I was able to observe from the face expressions or, you know, whatever it is, if I'm in a meeting or on stage, I was able to observe and see that, okay, I think I gained their <laughs> trust and respect. This is very interesting. <laughs> time. I would say it really takes time, but you just, you can't really, you can't really give up because you're scared. That is, that is not a reason. You're going to have a lot of regrets. True, true that. And tell me, do you agree? I feel like you also become more empathetic as a leader when you have started out. Um, so because you you kind of know what you want to do, how you want to treat your team, how you want to, you know, and, and because you're young, you're kind of able to adapt to that change and implement it. What do you think about that? 100%. I agree with you. And um if you speak to any of my colleagues, any of my team members, they would tell you because I also make sure to ask them to make sure that, um, you know, we are having a, a positive experience together, yeah. uh, that we have a healthy work environment overall. And, and it's not just to me who needs to be empathetic. It's every single member that needs to be empathetic towards one another as well. Yeah. Very true. I was in one startup advice because you have started out and you've literally started out so much from the scratch. What do you think is that one startup advice that every entrepreneur needs to know today? I always say start, even if you're scared, just make sure that you plan, you ask around. Um, there will always be someone who can help. You would be surprised at the number of people who would like to help. And make sure that if you reach a point where you feel like you need to pivot, it's okay. You can pivot. You know, you can't be stubborn about something that you built just because you spent time and effort on it. Because how it works is what you provide needs to be valuable to others. It cannot be only valuable to you. Else, how is that going to be successful? So if you keep keep your, your ears open and eyes wide open, if you hear from your clients or target market or audience that, um, they would like something specific or you you when you have those conversations and you feel like your product is not really selling you need to understand why so have those honest open conversations and then you will really have to pivot and you have to be agile it's it doesn't work when you build something and then try to shove it down people's throats and be like you have to like because I built it that's not really how it works are there any are there any community groups or support groups that you've come across during your journey that people can benefit from if they are listening into this? Support groups for entrepreneurs? Starting for entrepreneurs? Uh, 
I can't label them as support groups, but there are so many that you can join and you can speak to to other founders or, you know, entrepreneurs and they'll be sharing their journeys. And I have joined quite a few. I mean, you really have to network and you have to meet people. You have to go out there and speak. True. There are so many. I mean, right now, just from the past year, I joined about three or four groups and I didn't even... I can't say that I networked that much because I was really focusing on my startup. Mm -hmm. So even without that much networking, I was able to find at least four groups that I joined and was able to find founders that I can just message something on their group and go like, hey, you know, I'm struggling with this. Does anyone have experience solving one, two, three? And then I would get at least five messages, you know, on, on private chats mm -hmm. telling me I did this and I this is what I went through. So maybe you should try this company or here's a link or this is what I did. And this, so, like I said, you really have to ask to get an answer. Yeah. So you'd be surprised at the number of people who really want to help because because they've also gone through the same thing. Any any two names or something that you can recommend people because it would really help them. Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm actually part of one of them is the it's called the Emirati Combinator EC. <laughs> Okay. Um, we are very little. Uh, the number of female founder, uh, sorry, Emirati founders is quite small. Mm -hmm. So um, we made that group to kind of get to know each other. So that's one of them. Another one is quite amazing. It started by my amazing uh, friend, Christina. It's called Future Innovation Founders. Uh -huh. And that group also keeps growing. And, um, you know, that's literally, that's two of them, at least that that's I can nice. give. Thanks for sharing that. I'm sure it'll help, uh, you know, listeners, whoever's listening from that perspective. One of my guests on this podcast told me once, she said, you know, it's often in, and I keep quoting this because it's the most uh, brilliant thought that I've had so far. She said, mm -hmm. it's often in the unknowing that I learn the most. It's often in what I don't know that I learn the most. And having started out young, having started out from scratch, I'm sure there are a lot of opportunities, a lot of places where you feel like, do I know this three, to my 360 degree ability or whatever? So how do you navigate that? And how do you, have you, do you believe in that? Do you agree to that? I 100% agree with that. Mm -hmm. And if anything, I really feel like in those just as just as you quoted I have learned the most yeah. and because it's kind of like it's kind of like you're trying to navigate your way through a very dark tunnel yeah and then it's kind of like how to explain this like there are there's a, a wall of rocks and then you slowly have to take them one by one and then the light comes in so what I say is with every step you take things get clear your path gets clear and it's never going to be clear from day one. But in those, I found personally that I have grown, that I have grown the most. So I do my research. I ask around, like I said, especially if I know someone who has experienced that thing that I'm about to venture into, I ask and I make sure to understand as much as possible. But keep in mind, you will never have that 360 view or experience of anything. Yes. So even some experts in the field will tell you that I actually don't know any everything. I can even ask my friend who is, you know, more specialized in X, Y, Z to, you know, we kind of need each other to 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 have that full rounded experience. But what I mean is you're never going to know everything and that's OK. But yeah. do your research, ask around and then go ahead. That's what I do. I just I kind of jump in, um, even if I'm scared and you don't have 
you don't have and can't possibly know everything. But like I said, with each step, it gets clear. And I learned that firsthand the hard way. And of course, it comes with fears, but that should not stop you. I've reached a point after all that I've gone through where I can see where I see fear as a good thing, because it means that it's something that I'm excited to do. Usually, if it's not getting my heart racing, at least, or some excitement or keeps me up at least for one night, think about maybe it's not as exciting to yeah. me as, as it should be. So that's that can be a very good sign, by the way. You can take it as good nerves, like I said. And then what's the worst thing that could happen? I learn from it. I leave with experience. Yeah. What if it goes sideways? So what? So yeah. if it goes well, great. If it doesn't, then it's okay because I know that I've tried my absolute best. Like I said, you really need to try and do your best so you don't have, so that you don't have any regrets versus... If I did not give up because I was scared, maybe today I would have been X, Y, Z. That is, I think that is one of the worst or saddest things right. that anyone can do. Yeah, absolutely. I do have one more thing as well. More often than not, yeah. um, this is something that, you know, I actually tried. So if you ask someone for even just 30 minutes of their time to ask for advice or ask them how their journey was, I even have people approaching me sometimes. And most likely, more often than not, I actually do give them those 30 minutes because, I feel their passion. I feel that, you know, they want to learn. And I was like, you know what? I was there and I would really like to help you. And more often than not, like I said, you will have people who will say yes. You should try one person. If they didn't try the other, if they didn't try the third, they will definitely say yes. Yeah, very true. People are actually out there to help. You'll be surprised. There's so many. Mm -hmm. I think the entire podcast is running on. If you don't ask, you'll never know. Absolutely. Totally agreed. One of my last questions to you is that why simply put a roundup of the entire podcast why do you think women should consider investing in real estate and how can they interact with Beituki for clarity on it women should invest in real estate because it's always good to have an investment portfolio Mm-hmm. And usually in an investment portfolio, you'd have a mix of things like things that are low risk and things that are medium and then things that are high risk. Mm-hmm. So having something in the low risk, I would say, like real estate is good. And I think it's in many cultures advice that is passed down in generations. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's usually something that is a bit out of reach or difficult. But with Beituki, we have enabled women to start with small amounts. Mm-hmm. So it's important to invest, benefit from the returns. And you need assets that are ge- that are income generating, not just things that are um, stable or increasing in value over time. Um, and with Beituki, if you have, let's say, 50,000 saved up, you can put 10,000, for example, in five different properties. So now you have your own stake in five properties, not just one. So yeah. we kind of diversified also in that regard. So it's always good to invest. And if you're too scared, maybe you can start with um, maybe gold investments. Some people don't have any sort of assets. So start with something there. Sometimes people need something tangible as an in their hand. Yeah. Um, and then go for go go slowly upwards, I would say. But Beituki is there for you. You can reach us on www.beituki.ae. That's B-A-Y-T-U-K-I. We are on Instagram. We are on WhatsApp, on our website. We're everywhere. We're, we're literally one message or one phone call away. We're there to help you reach financial prosperity. 
That's lovely and more power to you on that note. I've had such a nice time getting to know your story. And I must say, you're such a brilliant speaker. There's so much of passion in the way you talk that you can most naturally notice that it's coming uh, coming from a special place. So thank you so much for sharing that place with me today on this podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for this. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Glad to hear that.